0: Welcome to the Metaphysical Martini Show, where wit and wisdom come together to bridge the gap between the spirit realm and the physical world, with Ani Avadisian, the Mad Shaman, a production of CosmicReality.com. Welcome to Metaphysical Martini. Three parts spirit, one part rational mind. Add two drops of optimism. Give it all a good hard shake and pour. Dress it with the olives of grace and empathy. Sit back, sip slowly, and contemplate the wonder of cosmic co-creation And a hearty hello to everyone out there. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for joining me for yet another round of lovely cocktails on this week's Metaphysical Martini. The show that tries to sort out what's true, what's woo, and what gets flushed down the loo. In today's How Many Boosters Until We All Turn Into Mutant Roosters? Hey, Mr. Mujahideen is back on the scene. Are Biden's puppet strings showing while Kamala's demon aura is glowing? Far from genteel, satanically surreal, grotesque, grubby little world. As always, my darlings, we try to do this with as much grace and empathy as can be mustered on any given day. And we are rarely successful, I will admit to that. But we are honour-bound to give it a shot. And on this show, The Metaphysical Martini Show, we do love shots. Yes, we do. In fact, I think I'll have a little sippy poo right now. Excuse me. Oh, that's good. That's very good. Ah, hmm. All right. Where was I? Ah, yes. Today is my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, dear me. Happy birthday to me. So, (laughs) I expect to be quite merry by the end of the hour. I will try to keep a lid on the festivities, but no guarantees. If you are joining us for the first time, I extend a very warm welcome to you. Be advised, however, this show does not exist to provide you with frivolous entertainment. We tackle issues the mainstream refuses to acknowledge. And we do so with guts, with gusto, and with a goodly amount of spiritual ammo. We martini heads, we don't do politically correct, because we do not wish to erode our intellect. We are free thinkers, and as such, have no deep secret desire for acceptance. We would rather walk naked through an ice storm than conform When it comes to immoral, illegal mandates, we will never comply. We will follow our own cosmically attuned moral compass, thank you very much. And if you attempt intimidation, you will be met with immediate retaliatory action up to and including castration. It warms my soft and supple heart to see people all over the world finally rising up against the tyranny of what is out-and-out New World Order, also known as Luciferian ideology. Darlings, hello, welcome to the show. It took you long enough, didn't it? I mean, come on, you should have figured this out months ago. Not waited until the wolf was literally at your door, howling and drooling. This is what happens when we lose our alignment with the force. This is what happens when we become so self-absorbed that we forget to look beyond our families. There's a whole world out there. And if we citizens of planet Earth do not take an interest in how our world is run, someone else will. And it won't be the good guys. No, it won't. Because that's where we are today. With the bad guys. Oh, joy. Well, since it's my birthday, do I have anything special I want to say? I'm sort of reminiscing about the times pre-COVID when we used to talk about all sorts of things. Um, you know, and we used to talk about all manner of metaphysical tenets in order to prevent this Luciferian takeover. Well, we weren't successful. So I think just for once, for once and for all, I'm going to clear the air. And what I have to say, what I'm going to say, does not come from a place of anger. I'm over that. And I'm mostly over the frustration of seeing people I know and love commit suicide. So the following words are spoken in the spirit of our advancement and evolution. You laughed at us. When we warned you that the Cyrus was designed to sell you Francine and that Francine would kill or damage you and that the whole setup was in preparation for New World Order takeover, which in turn was designed decades ago to crush the individual and place the jackboot of the state right up your asses, We warned you, don't say we didn't. We warned you. We pleaded. We cajoled. We used critical thinking. We used sensible arguments. We just about used up every single synonym and antonym we could come up with. Don't say we didn't warn you. But you didn't take the time to do some basic research, did you? Or even ask yourselves, why are these people destroying their careers, emptying their savings accounts to bring us this information? Do they enjoy being ridiculed? Does the thought of professional suicide and homelessness excite them? Well, darlings, no, it really doesn't. Well, how are you enjoying the no jab, no job, no jab and no benefits, no jab, no freedom scenario? Let's be honest, because honesty is something we find so difficult on this plane. Self-honesty Your ignorance, your arrogance, your naivety, your lack of wisdom and poor judgment invited this evil into our world. We are all accountable for our actions, for our choices. Now, if you have since awakened, hello, welcome to the show. Do the rest of us a favor and don't cower in your basements. Come out and speak out. Do not lick your wounds. Admitting you were duped takes courage. And courage is what is needed now to stand united against this darkness. Do this, my darlings. Do it. Join the forces of light and we will have your back. We recognize and honor those who have the guts to fight alongside us for life, for liberty, for the pursuit of happiness, for alignment with the divine. The illusion was well-funded, yes. The campaign to control our minds, it was relentless, yes. I get it. But how many people fell for it? Hundreds of millions fell for it. They fell like a pack of cards. And it was because they let fear freeze the emotional process. They allowed fear to close their minds and to cool their hearts. And evil enters when minds are closed and when hearts are frozen in fear. How many times in history will we have to repeat this cycle before people grow up, reclaim their minds and hearts from the dark establishment, and step into their true cosmic nature? Let's have some honesty here. Let's have the guts to examine our part in this, each and every one of us, and let us not escape into the murky pit of self-justification. Now, I'm happy to see the awakening, I really am, and as people awaken to the true agenda behind this evil, myriad emotions will begin to stir. On social media, I now see many posts along the lines of, even if it turns out that this was a hoax, and I was one of the sheeple, I am okay with falling for it because my motivation was kindness. Hmm. If your motivation, your only motivation, was kindness, what a sweet soul you are. But you're probably lying through your mask, aren't you? It is unfortunate that your kindness was liberally sprinkled with naivety. I doubt kindness was the motivating force behind the majority of mask wearers and injected. It was fear, my darlings, that fed the beast. Fear and its many secondary emotions, all leading to the mass psychosis we see today. And some people, well, you know, their minds just went into overdrive. More along the lines of, oh, Lord, what is going on? I don't want to deal with this. I can't deal with this. I don't have the mental capacity for this. But I need to travel for work, or perhaps someone's blackmailing me, telling me I can't see my grandchildren, or, or, or a million and one things, so I'll just do what they say and hope for the best. Well, mm, gosh, to those people I say, and I say it very nicely because I'm a nice person and it's my birthday and I have to be nice to everyone, To those people, I say, what we do for ourselves, we do for the universe. What we do to ourselves, we do to the universe. Now, there's a starting point for deep meditation, if ever there was one. Darlings, if you realize you were misled, deceived, you don't need to make excuses for it. The dark establishment's campaign of perceptual engineering was relentless. It was well-planned, and it was well-funded. Billions of dollars were spent polluting your minds with illusion, drowning out the voices of reason and logic. I once worked as a cog in their wheel. I know the agenda. I know how cleverly they worked to take over your minds. But they did, didn't they? Completely Take over your minds, because so many look no further than the one big spoon to feed them all. Let's own the deception. Don't make excuses for it. Congratulate yourselves for having the courage and spiritual maturity to see through the dark illusion, for allowing your higher selves to pierce the barriers they built to prevent you from accessing your God-given higher wisdom. Now you are aware, let's grieve what happened, and let's get a move on and move on. We have much work ahead if we're going to affirm our individual and national sovereignty. For the courage you have shown during your awakening, I honor you, I genuinely do. Welcome to the real world such as it is. More so than that, welcome to the light. We have your back. We can still turn this around. But as the knights of old used to say, faint heart never won, fair lady. And the lady in question today is America. If she falls to darkness, it's trench warfare. And darlings, I'm just getting a little bit too old for that. So can we just, you know, get on with the awakening process, please? Let's take a moment today and every day to review our actions, how they affect the social body. Let us remember, we are cosmic souls having a human adventure. The human is nothing unless the spirit guides it. When the spirit guides the human, the human is illuminated and the brilliance will expose and ultimately dissolve the darkness. That is the new golden age. No one is going to run in on a giant white horse with a giant flaming sword and kill all the bad guys. Believe me, if there was such a horse and such a sword, I would probably be 10 millionth in line to do that. The question we have to ask ourselves today. Do I want to live as a mind controlled slave to New World Order? If the answer is no, then find courage. Do you want to live in your designated, densely populated, specially assigned urban zone? If not, then find courage. Do you want to get injected with toxins every six months so you may be granted the privilege of mobility and access to food? Or do you want to do something useful with your incarnation? Like experiencing life as a free-thinking soul, sovereign being on a cosmic adventure. Do you want someone else to make all your choices for you? Think about this for a minute. Think about it while I have a sip of this excellent cocktail. Ooh, that's good. Do you want someone else to make your choices for you? If you do... Please stop incarnating onto physical planets. They are adventure grounds for the expansion of consciousness. We come here to prove to ourselves that we can break free from the challenges of ancestral coding and social programming and all the BS of the day. We come here to let the spirit guide the human experience, to overwrite the error codes, to transform from tragic to magic. It's not too late. God is great, and if we align with the divine, so are we. And I just have to say, after 18-plus months and counting, surely, surely even the most naive and frightened out there realize that something is rotten in the state of Denmark. People, my darlings... Holy poodles, we crashed at the first hurdle. This is unacceptable. We allowed ourselves to be humiliated by arrogant sociopaths. We turned our backs on logic, on reason, on common sense, on common decency. We allowed ourselves to be corralled like cattle to the slaughter. Honestly, We should be ashamed of ourselves. Okay, that was my birthday message. Did you think it was all going to be about fluffy pies and puddings and unicorns? No, I'm not really in that mood today. All right, let's move on to quack, questions, answers and comments. And that is actually the reason we started the show, to see what tantalizing tidbits lie buried in the inner corridors of your mind. If you would like to share your perceptions, your perplexities and other P-words with our listeners, send your emails to me, arnie at com, or by snail mail to Cosmic Arnie, P.O. Box 714, Wilsonville, Oregon 97070. And please tell us if and how you wish to be identified or we shall refer to you as omit personal details or, you know, we could just make stuff up about you which, you know, would probably annoy you. Folks, it's sad, but it's true. Today, I broke the bowl of perpetual perplexity during a major cleaning session in my office. And until I can find another one, we will use the dynamic dish of dichotomy. So let's give all the emails and a couple of postcards a little bit of a shuffle, shuffly, shuffly, and let's see what pops out. Our first question today comes from Omit, Personal Details, who asks, Dear Mad Shaman, have you ever been aboard a UFO or been abducted by aliens? And if so, would you share the experience? Well, Omit, I presume by UFO you mean an extraterrestrial craft. Um, Yes, I I have, but not in my flesh form. And I think I may have been asked this question a while back, but um, I can't be sure. So, If you've heard the story before, all the regulars out there, I do apologize. I visit many a spacecraft in my astral travels during my dream states. But my first one was memorable as it was the first time I remembered the entire trip. So I was going through a rough patch in my life, probably some sort of midlife crisis, right? And I found myself lost in the loop of what the heck do I do now? Somehow, during one of my astral travels, I found myself on a huge, and I mean huge, spacecraft in the presence of smiling humanoids. They were tall, and they were slim and quite shiny, and and most personable with a sense of humor. They were from the Palladian race. Um, They are the closest, in my experience, to us. They get us. They get our humor. The other races, yeah, not so much. So I said something along the lines of, oh, I'm sorry. I had no idea I would end up here. I hope I'm not disturbing you. And they had a bit of a giggle over that. And we chatted about this and we chatted about that and we chatted about the other. And they offered to show me around the ship. Of course, I jumped at the chance. Who wouldn't? And, oh, my God, people, it was absolutely magnificent. I have never seen anything like that in my life. It was, I mean, it made Star Trek look like a 1950s B-movie. The ship, it was alive. I mean, literally, it was alive. It was its own biological unit with its own consciousness. So after the tour, which mesmerized me and blew my mind apart, they took me to a reception area and offered me a glass of effervescent liquid, which tasted a bit like 7-Up, but it wasn't sweet. And I chatted with one of their counsellors about my midlife crisis, and I must say, honestly, it was helpful. (laughs) I remember asking them if I could stay with them. You know, would it be okay in the astral form? Would I have to go back to Earth, terminate my flesh body? You know, what should I do? What's the process? And the counsellor was gentle and experienced, He told me I could most certainly stay, and and yes, I would have to terminate my earth body and sort all that out, but I would be welcome if I chose to do that. So at this point, as you can imagine, I was quite excited. We drank more of the ET7-UP, and we made small talk. Counselor, he smiled at me at some point, a very warm smile, and he said, What do you think of our vessel? How does it compare to your Ford Escort? Well, I laughed, of course, and said, well, um, it's magnificent beyond my understanding, but why is it all battleship gray? Are we at general quarters? And he topped up my drink, and it dawned on me. The ship is not battleship gray. It is a festival of colors. My level of consciousness could not perceive it. And he knew I had figured that out. And I knew I had to go back. I was sad, but I closed my eyes and I was back on earth, back home in the dullest, greyest of suburbs, a place to which I had recently moved and instantly regretted. Three months later, approximately, I found myself back on that ship and it was a Technicolor experience. And the counsellor met me and said, Ah, you see it. Good. Now, go back home and see it there. That was, what, 20 years ago? Close to? And I'm grateful for the experience. It taught me a great deal. As far as being abducted by aliens, can't say that I have. I certainly cannot remember any such incident. I will share, though even though it wasn't exactly an abduction. Ever since I was a a young child, I had dreams in which I was part of a group of interstellar warriors of many races. And we all wore blue martial arts outfits. Um, I don't know anything about martial arts, but I could always remember we met somewhere, some sort of a space station because it was minimalist and it had no character. And I always remember being dropped off there after the event But I have never remembered the event. Well, one night after the spaceship scenario that we just talked about, um, probably right after three months or so after I got back to the ship, you know, when I saw the colors, I was in my bedroom in my dull gray suburb, having difficulty getting back into my body. Just, you know, one of those things that happens sometimes when you travel. And I looked into the doorway and I saw a large brown ET in full armor in my doorway right there. And I have no conscious memory of knowing him. He reminded me of an an experienced NCO in the army, one who's completed several tours of duty and pretty much has seen everything there is to see. But I figured out that something was happening. So I said to him, am I leaving or returning and he said, returning. And then I said, and I have no, no idea why I said this. I said, how did you find me? And he said, by your prints. After which, I got back into my body and back to sleep. A few hours later, I awakened, shuffled to the kitchen, grunting and groaning to make some coffee. As I lifted the cup to my lips, I noticed that each finger was mildly blistered. After that, for about two years, the dreams returned, the ones about being an interstellar warrior. But this time, I remembered each one in detail. One memorable event involved being transported to a planet where people were trapped inside a mountain. I was dropped off at the location and met by several Jewish men in white boiler suits, sporting pyots and wearing yarmulkes. And they were holding fire hoses. It was a very interesting visual. Um, They told me they would open an entrance to the mountain. I would then go in with the soldiers and escort the lost ones home. Well, what does one do in such a situation? I said, OK, let's do it. So I turn around and there's a platoon of military personnel. And they said, ready? I said, ready. Ready the men in boiler suits let rip the fire hoses, and as promised, an entrance into the mountain was revealed. So I, I thought, what am I doing here? I asked the soldiers, why am I here? I mean, you're trained personnel. Can't you just get to the people who are trapped inside? Do the job yourself? And they said, well, we can't see them. We can only see them once you touch them. Once you do that, We'll grab them and we'll all leave together. And that's exactly what happened. We went in. I saw a group of people sitting in a circle, emaciated, sitting around what looked like a long-extinguished campfire. So I thought, okay, I'll take the initiative. I said, hello, people. It's time to leave this place and find you some warm clothes. I asked them to hold hands. They looked a little confused, but they complied. And I got them in a circle holding hands. I touched one of them and the soldier said, thank you, and guided us all out. Well, folks, I think no matter how many martinis you have, you can't really make this stuff up. So those are my little alien tidbits. I've got a lot more of them, but, you know, I'll save them for another time. Thank you for the question, Omit. It is actually quite nice to be reminded of earlier times. makes me feel good that I've grown, you know, matured a bit. All right, let's take another question from today's Dynamic Dish of Dichotomy, and this is from Elsa, who asks, Dear Arnie, do we have any information on how the people who have received the vaccine are doing once they cross to the other side? I remember you talking about how nuclear bombs shattered the light body and how difficult it was to restore them in heaven. Is it the same with the fake vaccine? Elsa this is a very good question, and I cannot answer it, but I know someone who can. I will ask Matthew, and I'll get back to you on the next show. Thank you for bringing it up. All right, here is an email from Rebecca in the UK. Let me have a sip. Mmm. Mmm. That's quite nice. I didn't think that cocktail would be this nice, but it is. Mm focus, Arnie. Rebecca in the UK says, Arnie, can you tell us anything about demon attachments on people who have received the shot we are not supposed to discuss? I do a bit of property clearing on the side and am reluctant to enter the home of someone who has been inoculated. What are we dealing with and how much danger does it pose? Rebecca, God, um, Lord, we have barely scraped the surface of what we're dealing with because it really is very new to everyone. I will tell you the agenda behind the shot is Luciferian. The nanobots inside the injected are identical to lower-level demonic parasites. Why wouldn't they be? Because they come from the demonic realms. They replicate inside the body, and as they do so, The best way I can put it is they slough their energy equivalent into the atmosphere. For now, treat them as you would any lower level demon energy and be sure to instruct the occupants on the importance of regular spiritual clearing. Find a protocol that works for them and urge them to perform it once a week, at least daily is best. Right now, I find the radiant white light works best for dissolving the parasites. I've been very successful with the white light. And until we can find a way to stop them replicating, stop them at their core, we must be diligent and clear as often as possible. I recently cleared a family home where all four family members had been shot up and the home was knee deep in parasites. So you will want to review your personal cleansing protocols. No shortcuts, Rebecca. And if you have any hesitation about entering such a property, follow your intuition. From my my vantage point, every injection opens a portal to the trash heap realms of the universe. I mean, and we are literally knee deep in these parasites. And unless we can stop them replicating, there is no way we can keep them at bay. It's like a million holes poking millions of other holes into our realm with little tiny, filthy insects pouring in and covering everything. So people chose one way or another to put those holes in their arms. We can't plug up those holes, not yet. So we must focus on stopping the replication and stop them from recoding us and preparing us for basically what is going to be hive mind transmissions. And if this Scenario sounds too science fiction for some people out there. You have not been paying attention. Hundreds of millions have been injected with this mark of the beast, and it is very far from being a laughing matter. So, darlings, stop laughing, get your heads out of your asses, grow up, and pay attention. Rebecca, there's more than I have time to share with you today. If you are interested in learning more, drop me a line and we'll go from there. It's definitely not business as usual, but that said, I refuse to let the darkness take over. I believe there is a way to stop this. I have some ideas, and I'm keeping in touch with medical folks doing the same thing in their field. Let us remember that everything, including what is now the darkness, is at its core a creation of source energy. Its source essence is the same as ours. And that puts us on equal footing. The part of us that's real and the part of them that's real is the same. Acknowledging that goes a long way to understanding how best to deal with it. It puts you in your power when you stand in unconditional love and absolute equality with all the forces around you. Oh, boy, people, what a can of worms literally we have created now. We have to find a can of whoopas to deal with it, don't we? All righty, let's take another question, and this is from Aurelia. What a beautiful name! I think you've written him before, Aurelia. Aurelia writes, "Annie, I have lost my faith in everything and everyone. I am empty. I have lost my appetite. I rarely remember to drink water. I have lost my joy. I have no idea." How to proceed. Oh, Aurelia, I feel your pain. Mm. You know what, my love? Empty is a good starting point. Faith. Well, that's a nebulous concept, isn't it? Faith is fragile and easily shattered. We need direct knowing, continuous connection, You know, we should be tuned into the cosmic server 24-7. I say, sit with your emptiness, Aurelia. You feel empty because everything you thought was real or constant has shown you its temporal, fleeting nature. You have realized that anything shiny has limited appeal. It teases, sure. It pleases for a while. And then it malfunctions and breaks. Such is the nature of a physical realm. And that applies to ideals, of course, as well as objects. Darling, our world is broken. It's broken because we built it on a cesspool of corruption. It needs to be broken. The cesspool was stirred up and the filth is bubbling up and filling our overly sanitized nostrils with a foul stench. Sit with your emptiness. Let the breath of the divine flow through you. Be comfortable in the place of no thought. Just be. Just be a being breathing. Breath is cleansing. Breath is purifying. Breath is vitalizing. Breath is stabilizing. Supreme cosmic intelligence transmits wisdom through celestial Wi-Fi. And your breath is the receiver. I say don't concern yourself with how to proceed. Just acknowledge where you are, be where you are, and breathe. Let the light illuminate your emptiness, and you will find your center in divine alignment. And you know what? In terms of spiritual maturity, your emptiness will serve you well. Aurelia... You've been red-pilled. Now take the time to chill. This is a magnificent opportunity. Enjoy the empty, my darling. Enjoy the empty. Well, I think that's it for Quack today. Thanks to all who took the time to write in and share their experiences. The current puppet regime is working hard to control our thought process. So let's kick their bought and paid for arses right back to hell by reclaiming our minds from our brainwashers and sharing our thoughts with each other. Well, that was fun. What should we do now? Oh, I know. Yes, it's time for... A little what-the-heck-with-your-favourite tarot deck. It's time for Tarot-a-go-go. What is today's card? I have no idea, let me think really quickly. Last time we discussed the Six of Wands. So it's the Six of Cups. Yes, today's card is the Six of Cups. Let's pick it up and see what impressions we get from it. I'm using the Robin Wood deck today. Well, it's a lovely card, isn't it? Two children, a boy and a girl, out in the garden, cups filled with flowers, A cute little cottage in the background. The sun is shining. It looks like a perfect day in a beautiful English village. Wow. So I'm going to just hold this card and allow the telepathic transmission of tarot wisdom from the card to my mind. We are one. All right. Initial impressions. Happy card. Happy card. Contented card. Children are generally associated with innocence, aren't they? <laughs> anyone, who's taught, <laughs> anyone who's taught kindergarten um, would disagree with me anyway. But yes, there's a touch of innocence in there. There's a touch of nostalgia in the card, isn't there? A feeling of looking back on the old days, earlier times. Will I receive a call from someone I haven't seen for a long time? That's possible. Yeah, happy memories. Happy. Cups are emotions. We're dealing perhaps with renewal of emotions or perhaps a deep dig into emotions. You know what I really feel when I touch this card? I feel very sentimental. And what else do I get? Ah, family issues, of course. Family gatherings, old friends. Ah, I get the sense that I'm mature enough now to heal childhood wounds. I find that when this card comes up with, say, the six of swords or another card of movement, it often means a relocation is at hand. All in all, in the upright position, I feel a sense of what do I feel? I feel a sense of having put the past to rest. And now I'm no longer concerned with skeletons in my closet. In other words, I can no longer be triggered by past events. And that's wonderful, isn't it? Because we can't be in the present any other way. The past is gone, hallelujah, all wounds are healed, and my true light within is now revealed. Lovely. Now let's turn it upside down and see how that feels. Gosh, I don't like that. In the upright position, I made peace with my past, but in the reversed, in the challenged position, I get the feeling I am desperately holding on to my past, but not in a good way. I'm being stubborn. I'm clinging to something, and therefore I'm not fully present in the now. There are ghosts in my head. There's a sense of... um not wanting to move forward, almost a victim mentality. And that is to be discouraged, my darlings, because it leads to mental illness. It's not so much with this card that I feel a sense of hopelessness. I mean, it's certainly not hopeful, but it's more along the lines that I'm being a petulant child and refusing to grow up. My advice... If you pull this card reversed, is to have the courage to be honest with yourself. If you have transgressed, or if someone close to you has transgressed, don't stay stuck. Review it, process it, remove the landmine so that you may move forward freely, process the emotions, remove the triggers so you can visit your past indiscretions objectively. What else do I get? Cognitive dissonance, a phrase no one heard of before 9-11 20 years ago. Oh, wow, was that 20 years ago? I wonder what people have planned for us 9-11 this year. What do the good guys have planned? What do the bad guys have planned? Oh, gosh, something to look forward to. What was I saying? Oh, yes. Cognitive dissonance comes up with this card in the challenge position. Hmm. You know, if I'm going to sum this up in the reverse position, I'm going to say, freeze and stay on your knees or let go and go with the flow. That's how I would sum this card up. The six of cups. Hmm. Interesting. So if you are interested, by the way, in learning how tarot can expand your intuition over to my website, arnieavidician.com, and take a look at the tarot tuition on offer. It's not so much that you will, you know, mute it all, dark stranger. That's not what tarot is all about. Yes, you can use it as a snapshot of potential. It, You know, you can see what's going on, perhaps. But learned properly and used correctly Its primary purpose is to illuminate your minds in ways both subtle and striking. Okay, my darlings, let me take a quick moment to thank everyone for their birthday wishes and for my wonderful birthday gifts. In particular, I want to thank my beautiful partner for a fabulous birthday package of my favorite pickle chips, excellent matcha tea, 100 rounds of ammunition and two Count them, two S15 Shield Arms pistol magazines for my plinking pleasure. What an awesome gift, sweetie. Thank you so very much. If anyone out there owns the Glock 43X, you will know that it comes with a 10-round magazine. But the S15 fits the 43X perfectly and gives you five extra rounds per mag. And that, darlings, is quite lovely. And a shout out to my local gun store, Sunset Firearms in Wilsonville, Oregon. The owner the owner there, Gordy, he's, God, he's, he's a laugh. But he's also a wealth of knowledge and a jolly nice chap to boot. So um, to all my plinking friends out there, yes, I am going to be the envy of the range when I show up with my new magazines. Da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> all right. What are we doing now? Who knows? I don't know. It's my birthday, and I'm having martinis. But you know what we haven't done for a long time? We haven't done the wizard's gizzard a spiritual ritual that we can make habitual. There are many spiritual protocols out there, folks, and I like to share as many as I can with you, because they won't all resonate. The universe expands when we have freedom to choose. It contracts when we do not. So in today's giz, I would like to share my thoughts on sacred reading. And for this, I have chosen the Tao De Jing, a work I consider to be superior to any other metaphysical treatise. Now, what is sacred reading? Some of you with a Christian background might know of this as Lectio Divina. It's a Benedictine practice. The monks, the nuns, not the liqueur. But it is much older than Christianity and the purpose of sacred reading is expansion of consciousness through alignment with source. Isn't that the purpose of everything? In simple terms, one sits with a scripture and reads attentively and reflectively until a word or a phrase or a visual stirs the heart or captures the imagination. At that point, one puts the scripture aside and gives oneself to prayerful contemplation of undetermined length. When the contemplation is complete or when one is a human and is distracted, one returns to the scripture until imagination strikes again. Rinse, repeat, until your internal bell rings and asks you to return to your earthly duties. Now, the material you choose, it does not have to be confined just to holy books. Works of philosophy would do, poetry would do, Um, the plumber's journal probably won't do, but any work that asks one to open the mind and the heart is suitable. I have chosen the Tao De Jing because it is, in my not-so-humble opinion, the most effective when used in sacred reading in activating our true essence, our cosmic, eternal essence. Now, I'm not going to discuss the history or the origin of the Tao because no one knows for sure who Lao Tzu was and if he was one man or many. And historians change their minds every time archaeologists dig up something new. So let's not focus on the origin. Let's focus on the content. There are many versions of the Tao, I don't really make recommendations. Um, I suggest perusing the various offerings before making a decision. Some of them are wordy. Some are succinct. I prefer succinct. That said, I've practiced sacred reading for decades. Those who are new to it and new to the unfathomable depth of the Tao often prefer a slightly fleshier version. What is the Tao all about anyway? If you ask a Taoist to explain the Tao, they will give you this little tiny knowing smile and they'll say something along the lines of the Tao itself can never be seen. We can but witness it inwardly. How can one describe the indescribable? How does one express the inexpressible? Now, that is the essence of the Tao. It's big picture stuff. Words, well, they're not adequate, are they, when one attempts to describe the mysterious universe? We can label objects, and we do. We can identify them, catalog them. But source, energy, the Tao, the flow, the eternal the ever-present incorruptible energy of pure cosmic potential whence our souls were birthed, it's too deep for us to understand. It is the cosmic mystery that surpasses all understanding. A Taoist would say, the Tao that can be told is not the true Tao. He who knows does not speak. He who speaks does not know. Many words harm a person. If the mouth keeps opening, if the tongue keeps wagging, mistakes will surely follow. And yet, despite its ineffability, the Tao uses 5,000 words to tell us the untellable. (laughs) That gives rise to a new little phrase, L-M-T-A-O, laughing my Taoist ass off. Go ahead and use that on social media. It's on me. Why do I prefer the Tao over everything else? Very simple. I'm very into ancient codes. The ancient code being the blueprint of our perfection. So using the Tao for sacred reading unlocks the ancient codes of perfection within us. The optimal health templates for physical and emotional health, written when mankind was first formed, There's one for every race. We are, of course, humanoids. When we contemplate concepts such as nothing in the universe is fixed, nothing is static or non-moving, everything is transforming all the time. When we think that every thought, every action, every reaction is noted and it creates waves of energy and adds to the Akashic Archive, When we truly understand that everything we do for ourselves, we do for the universe. Everything we do to ourselves, we do to the universe. It's only when pondering the imponderable that the ancient codes are activated. Only when we see through the duality Do we glimpse our source reality? That is the value of the Tao. So pop off to your local library, pick up your preferred version, and set some dedicated time aside for your sacred reading. Now, it does not have to be done daily. After all, we do not have the luxury of being Benedictine monks or nuns. And devoting ourselves to a life of prayerful contemplation. Oh, how wonderful would that be? All we do is pray and cook food three times a day. How wonderful. Um, we can't do that. You can put aside as little as 30 minutes a week. Less than that is not enough time to get in the zone. An hour is better. But do what you can. And be sure that you are undisturbed. Start to read passages from the Tao slowly, in a contemplative manner. And when a bolt of inspiration hits you, or a phrase or a word takes your fancy and stirs an emotion, put the book down and travel with your thoughts. And when the thought process has ended, pick the book up and continue with your sacred reading. If we think about it, you know, we all think we give our soul time to chill, but we don't. This is a very busy world. We're assaulted by all sorts of visuals and messages, and in amongst all the rubbish, there's some genuine beauty, genuine communication from the hierarchy of light. We're often hit with a thunderbolt of inspiration. It could be a sign on a billboard as we drive home from work. It could be a phrase in a song playing on the radio. could be anything. Our emotions are stirred up several times each day. Yet in today's busy, noisy, modern world, we rarely take time out to process the emotional hit to gather the intelligence from it, to explore that which the universe has put in our path for contemplation, for growth. We're so stuck on being goal-oriented. We're so stuck on doing and this dreadful thing that we call multitasking. Well, you know, when you're brushing your teeth, brush your teeth. When you're having a shower, have a shower. When you're having a poo, have a poo. You don't have to multitask. And for heaven's sake, people, put down your cell phones from time to time. This is one of the main reasons that you all lost your minds to the grand illusion. The value for sacred reading is that you will understand one must be soul still to hear God's will. I make notes during my contemplations. Some might say that is not um, suitable, each to his own. I make notes because when I'm far away in thought, I cannot always easily access my short-term memory bank. So I keep a dedicated journal for Lectio Divina. And I've trained myself to write unconsciously. If my head says, write this, my hand writes it. I have no idea what's going on but it's being written. It's a very useful skill to develop, by the way. If you want to grow, if you want to unlock those ancient codes of perfection, and why wouldn't you? The Tao will serve you well. Self-honesty is difficult for humans. Sacred writing is you and God, no one else. If we can't be honest with ourselves, when we are enveloped in such a loving presence as the divine. People, we are truly lost. I want to read um, the opening passage from one of my Dao De Jing um, translations. I have multiples. Let me have a little sip of my eternal cocktail. All right. The Tao that can be told is not the true Tao. Names that can be named are not true names. The origin of heaven and earth has no name. The mother of the myriad things has a name. Free from desire, contemplate the inner marvel. With desire, observe the outer radiance these issue from one source energy but have different names they are both a mystery mystery of mysteries gateway to all marvels Tao T-A-O truth above ourselves truth among ourselves Without self-honesty, my darlings, we will live half-lives. Without understanding our true cosmic nature, everything will be, oof, just like that Greek philosophy, philosopher (laughs) mediocrities. Everything will be mediocre. We want full lives. We want to reclaim this realm for the glory of God, for the glory of the God that we are. We are gods in gods. Let's not mess it up. We're so close now. We're at that point where light and dark are really going to clash. There is going to be an almighty civil war. And you can't take sides. You just simply need to be in the light. And unless you see the bigger picture, you're going to succumb to density and partisan affiliations and mess this whole thing up. Get out there, buy a copy of the Dao De Jing, and that's a good place to start. My darlings, oh my gosh, it's coming up to my time. I think I'm going to have to say that's very close to being it for today. I am perilously close to finishing my drink, and that always means the end of the show, but I haven't finished it, so let me finish it, and then I can officially say it's the end of the show. That is quite lovely. I hope you enjoyed listening in as much as I enjoyed recording it, because I had a blast. I always do. It's my pleasure to join with you all out there every other Wednesday, knowing that there are like-minded people up there who just want to expand their consciousness and bring light into the world. That said, back to the physical realm. Today's real-life cocktail is a classic from the old days, taken from my old Mr. Boston Deluxe official bartender's guide. It's it's called a cabaret cocktail, and here's how you make it. One and a half ounces of good dry gin. Today, I'm using Leopold's small batch gin from Colorado, USA. Two dashes of Angostura bitters. Half a teaspoon dry vermouth. Today, I'm using Carpano Bianco. And a quarter of a teaspoon of Benedictine, which is a delicious liqueur and a family favorite. And every household should have a bottle or three. Fill your shaker or jug with cracked ice and stir well. Do not shake. Stir. Then strain into a cocktail glass and dress with a cherry. A cherry. But do not use those dreadful, horrible, toxic maraschino cherries because they are disgusting. There are alternatives out there and using top-shelf dressings greatly enhances your cocktail experience. Now remember, folks, cocktails are great if they are an occasional treat. If you use top-quality ingredients and take the art of mixology seriously, one drink is all you need. But today is my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. So I'm pretty sure I will have more than one or three martinis. I'm Annie Abadisian. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, stand up for your rights and let the spirit inhabit the human. You have been listening to the Metaphysical Martini with Ani Alphidesian, the Mad Shaman, a production of cosmicreality.com.